Alright, welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. I'm here today with the one and only Seymour Quas. Seymour, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. For people who um, don't know you, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your journey leading up to the, the Pushpin Studio and, uh, and then we'll talk about the Pushpin Studio? Well, I can tell you that I was born in the Bronx. Um, went to school also in, um, in Brooklyn where I had a terrific art teacher. I learned about design, poster design especially. And that prepared me for getting into Cooper Union where uh, for three years I found out more about uh, design. Uh, and which where, where I met uh, Milton Glaser and Ed Sorrell, we were classmates. And we formed Pushpin after uh, first doing freelance, but then forming a studio. Yeah. And, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to bridge the gap between entry-level designers and the industry's best, and also to point out that before they were the best, that they kind of failed along the way. And I was really interested to find out that when um, you guys formed the Pushpin studio, it was because you couldn't find any work. And it's so funny because now you guys you know, are, are, are legends and icons and heroes to so many people, but at the time you couldn't find work. So what was your experience like when you left school and you were kind of doing your own thing? So what was that experience like for you? Well, Ed and I, Milton uh, was, after school, uh, worked for uh, a, um, a packaging firm, Coon Le Poe, uh, but Ed and I tried to get jobs. I got um, fired, I think, about five places wow. an advertising agency a studio a magazine uh, Esquire magazine uh, this was after my first terrific job which was in the promotion department of the New York Times but I thought I'd um, do better coming <laughs> from there but uh, unfortunately I did worse yeah and Ed and I was Ed was doing the had was having the same experience and at one point with Milton decided, okay, we'll be a studio, um, and we'll try to get work for ourselves. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. You had, met, you had mentioned in, um, in my preparation for today, there was one thing that you said that you started, I forgot what the exact quote was, but you started with like a T-square and just an idea, and you kind of just like followed your heart and followed your intuition. What were some of those first experiences like when you presented that work to clients? I know you guys did the, uh, the Pushpin Almanac. That was kind of, and then that would later go on to more and more publications, but um, what was it like when you guys kind of set out on that journey? Yeah, we knew we had to promote ourselves, so we started a promotion piece called the Pushpin Almanac and um, sent that out to 3,000 prospective um, buyers of our work. And, um, and it happened while we, were, while we were getting fired from jobs, we were also doing <laughs> freelancing, so that, that helped along the way. Right. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, and obviously we can get back to the pushpin and everything like that, but I want to talk a little bit about um, your work and some of the, the ideas that you are pursuing your work a lot. You know, I, uh, I know that you like to work with heads, big heads, so if you ever need a, a subject matter, I might have the biggest head out of anyone you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, I know that you like to work with cars and shoes, hell, war. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know, the, the hell one, I don't want to touch on a few of these, but like on, on hell, what, what is the reason for that? Is it like mortality? Is it like, how, you have these reoccurring themes you see in your work. Is there a reason for them or is it kind of just whatever you feel like drawing at that time? I, well, I'm interested in hell, um, like anybody else. Um, but um, 
I was looking for a, a project to do a graphic novel, and Dante's uh, Divine Comedy came to, came to mind, mm -hmm. and I was able to get that published. Yeah. Um, and, and people, a lot of people were interested in that, that book and yeah, and the idea of, of hell and where we're gonna, where <laughs> we end up. Yeah. Well, there's the the uh, Dante's Inferno uh, poster that you have there that was featured in, and that was from that right from that series right on Mad Men. Uh, well, actually, that was that Roger was, Sterling's office. No, that was done as <laughs> as one. Uh, Entry in the Pushpin Graphic, which was our magazine, right? And uh, three of us uh, each did a, um, a different poster on a different place um, for that time, and I did, uh, yeah. What have been? I know that you have you have a few um, posters that are really, you know, they're they're in a lot of you know art history textbooks and, and things of that nature. Which is your personal favorite? Because I know that sometimes as an artist, it's like. They'll, they'll get put on display everywhere, but you have a personal favorite from, from all of your posters. Which are some of your favorite that you're the most proud of? Well, uh, my poster, um, War is Good Business, Investure Your Son, was, uh, I, that's my favorite headline. Yeah, that's But awesome. then I did Ed and Bad Breath, which is, mm -hmm. uh, came pretty well, well known during the Vietnam War. Right. Yeah, those, those posters were done during the Vietnam War. And then another poster I did... Um, later on called War is Madness mm -hmm. is another favorite of mine. Yeah. That's what I think is really great about your work is that it kind of, you know, I, I look at those posters and in today's current political climate, they're almost more relevant than they've ever been before. Kind of just talking about like, you know, the madness of war. And I know that you did at war with war. So mm -hmm. um, let's talk about that. But um, how, did, how does that make you feel to know that that you did that at that time in the Vietnam War, and now we're, our country is just, I mean, I, I don't, I wasn't alive back then, but it's still pretty disheartening now, so. Well, I'll never be out of work. Yeah. I mean, war <laughs> persists. Uh, it's never going to be over, and, uh, and every day we got to be very thankful that we're not in war with some other country. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So what was it like when you worked on uh, at War with War? I know that uh, we talked before the podcast about uh, your friend uh, and my, I hope he's my friend, you know, Stephen Heller. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he did some great promotions on that. I loved watching those and seeing that, that you know, getting the funding for that project. Mm -hmm. So um, what was that like to, to do that and where can people find that? Well, that was a, a Kickstarter project uh, because I couldn't find a... A regular publisher to do it, so funds had to be raised to produce the book, which is a timeline of um, wars since 3300 BC, 5,000 years of wars, right. uh, with um, illustrations that I did, and it was, it was produced and, and distributed. Um, and now a new a, a paperback edition of that of that book is is coming, just coming out now. That's awesome. At the time, I had like no money to give. I wanted to. I felt bad. I, I think I had about seven dollars in my bank account at the time that you guys were doing that thing. But I was like, if I had the money, <laughs> I put a couple grand in my account. I think that it's great to see that that illustration and the use of the kind of you know people are getting more tactile with their work. At least in at least in the people that I'm aware of here in New York, that you know illustration is kind of in right now, and everybody wants to do you know editorials for the New Yorker and things like that, which is really great in a time where it's like. You know, the, the world has become so digital, but for many young designers, 
you know, having your own style and illustration is, you know, something that a lot of people want to do. I know that I've spent many nights uh, crinkling up and throwing out like pieces of paper trying to emulate the pushpin style Hmm. and stuff like that and trying to to mimic. It's hard, man. It's not, it's not my natural hand. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. When I see your work, um, it's, I think that illustrators don't want to, you know, the last thing that they want to hear is they have like a, a, a set style. I think that they, while they want to be recognizable, they want to be able to kind of change it. Your work, is that, is that like your, your natural hand? I've heard some people say that it's like, you know, that's just how I draw, just how it is, or have you kind of progressed and did you try and emulate some other people early on in your career? Uh, well, I had heroes uh, when I was starting out. Like, um, so Steinberg was one of them, but also uh, painters from the past like Goya and mm-hmm. and Daumier, whose work I I really love. Um, so um, as, as far as setting a style, yeah, I draw what I draw, where I do it, and uh, I see what's going on around. And sometimes I've I followed the styles that were prevalent, you know, like Art Deco and Art Nouveau. Right. And I worked in those styles, but I was also interested in in typography, especially old type. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always um, I'm trying to be a little bit a, ahead of, of of the style, because I know that that fashion doesn't last very long. Right. You're trying to but, innovate, not miss. Yeah, but I can only do what I can do. Right. But uh, fortunately, I, I, I work with different techniques, which sort of helps. So I do a woodcut or uh, do so, do something in a in a painterly style hmm. uh, that gives me my work some variety. Yeah, and I enjoy doing it that way. Otherwise, I get too bored working one way. Yeah. What are some? I know you know we mentioned before that you obviously use a lot of different. Um, visual ideas and visual tropes, I guess would be the word. Um, but what are some of your favorite? I know, like wood cutting, you work with. What are some of your favorite ways to work, or is it just it's just constantly evolving? Because yeah. over the years, you've kind of had various different styles and materials. And mm-hmm. do you have one that you, in your heart of hearts, is your favorite, or just ever evolving? Well, that depends upon what what's asked of me in uh, in magazine illustration or book jacket design. I. I the style is is often governed by what what I have to whether whether it's my idea or what what the client is asking for. Yeah. Uh, so I have to be open to that. Uh, but I like doing line drawings filled in with flat color, and I like doing woodcuts because they have a quality that's that's different and, and special. Yeah. Monoprints. Yeah. Would be great. Collage sometimes. Um, I like working dif- different ways. When you start on a project, what, what is the, you know, obviously like picking the colors, do you start like with sketch, like thumbnail sketches? How does that, like what's the process work for you? Like you're given an assignment by a client, then where do you go from there? How do you evaluate what's the right medium? What's the right approach? Yeah, I start with, generally with thumbnail sketches. Sometimes I look through books of something that, that would spark an idea. Yeah. Um, and then then I could work to size. Um, if I do a poster, I sometimes like to do it on a large size, but I always like work on work on the idea small because uh, yeah, because um, it's faster that way. 
Right. So you do like a whole bunch of like iterations of something and then yes. gradually get bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Very cool. For young entry-level designers that are coming up in today's day and age that are looking to kind of break in, I know that you're somebody who is very well respected in this industry and has a lot of connections and that's first and foremost on the merit of your work, but you're obviously like a really fun and charismatic guy and you're great at making connections. What would your advice be to somebody who doesn't know anyone, who wants to become involved in the community? What's the best place to do that? And how did you befriend people when you were first leaving school? How did that happen? I know you were, you know, like Milton, you, you guys went to school together, but from then on, how did you go about meeting people and, and being found out? Well, for us, it was, it was pretty easy because we knew how to, we had, how to promote ourselves and we did it with, with mailing pieces. Now it has to be done through the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are so many outlets now which may not make it easier because it means there, there are fewer people looking at each kind of uh, event on, on, on the screen. Um, but you do whatever you can, whether it's doing a t-shirt or doing something special, and especially things that work that you might generate. You know, you might come up with book ideas that you can sell. Uh, there are things that you can, you can do here, just get involved in anything that, that uh, any kind of event that might use your service in, in town that you have. Right. It's really, a lot of scrunching around has to be done. Yeah. And if, your work is what people respond to, then you're gonna be getting other work, and that's how you become famous after 50 years. <laughs> what were some of the, the projects that you did outside of like the Almanac and, and things like that? I know that you loved working like children's books and stuff like that. What were some of the, over the years, what have been some of the most like rewarding projects that you've done? Yeah, I, I love doing children's books. Yeah. You know, I've done, I don't know, over 40 of them. Wow. And uh, uh, that, that's one good area, because we have, generally have more freedom do the things that we like because they're only for kids. Yeah, it's opposed. We're not to selling bit. anything to an, to an, an adult. Um, advertising. There was some advertising. I've done campaigns for Mobile Oil and Forbes magazine and places like that. Yeah. In terms of like your your work, I know that sometimes it can be humorous. It can be um, like a slow burning double entendres. You know, it's very. It can be kind of ironic at times. Um, is your work kind of a representation of like your humor? Like, is it like how you see the world? Because some of the things that are kind of abstract and out there, but also are, are striking and really make you, make you think. So while they may be funny, there's a, a, a larger, bigger message and a, at times political message, at times it's a message about life, mortality, and stuff like that. Is your work kind of the representations of, of the person that you are, or, or do you sometimes just do it on behalf of whoever you're working for? Yeah, it seems that a lot of the work that I do, especially for myself, um, have to do about my feelings about things about like war and peace is, is, is one example. Right. Uh, and, uh, and the way we live and some hypocrisy here, but it's also about the human condition, how people really are. Um, and no different from the way other uh, other artists or other humorists uh, see their work. Right. Do you, do you look back on the work that you 
you ever like do something? Because I, I find this kind of interesting because I know like some musicians and some artists talk about this. Sometimes they make things at a time and they think it means one thing and they look back at it years later and it, it means something else. You ever had that experience with your work? Uh, yeah, everything. I've experienced everything with my work. Yeah. <laughs> Including having to do, I found that I did <clears throat> one assignment twice, the same work. One so for a magazine, <laughs> for a magazine, I had an assignment to do a small, small drawing. Yeah, and it's okay. Then a year later, I had uh, another assignment for another article, and I happened to do the same drawing again, which was sort of a little scary. Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was very weird. <laughs> so I mean, there are just you know we get into a rut, and yeah, the work flows from my, my, my hand pretty much the same way a, lo a lot, and I, yeah. have to, I have to force it to do other things. Right. When you're in a position like that, um, do you ever, because I'm kind of in a place where I feel like I'm like, uh, I, I still have like so, so much to do, and I know you feel that same way too, but having a, such a, a big scope of work, you, you know, you've done so, many, so much work over the, over the years, what do you do when you're feeling blocked or you feel like you're kind of doing the same thing over and over again how do you change it because I know that you do because it's like if you really look at your work it does definitely change you know mm -hmm. what I mean like oh, oh, you can see it like throughout the years it's kind of got there's a little bit of a theme here and there but then it'll kind of just abruptly change to something else which is so cool that's what I love so much about your work is it's so different but it's so Seymour if that makes any sense well we try to avoid cliches that that is it's something that that becomes part of what becomes an idea, mm -hmm. and sometimes we have to fight it because it's something that's been done before visually or just right. with an idea. Um, and you we are that? always always looking for something, a new way to show, uh, to express an idea. But that's what we're we're doing. There's a message in just about everything that that we do. Yeah, and we have to find the, the better way to, to show it. Whether it's whether we're being cynical, whether being ironic, whether we're doing very straightforward, the different kind of ways that we want to be able to present an idea. Yeah, uh, but we look for the for the best approach. Definitely, I think that what's really interesting, as as I've gotten more into design uh, history. And then, you know, obviously you and Stephen Heller and people that are, that are really, really invested in design history. It's like, it's like the more you learn about it, the more you can see that a lot of things are just kind of tried and true and people are just doing different spins on that. Do you ever feel like the, like the, more, the more that you discover from whether it be like design history or, or the more things that you do, does it get harder and harder to do? Or do you, or do you because you have that visual vocabulary, because you've seen so much of that stuff, then you can draw, push it even further. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it seems to be getting a little hard to come up with new ideas because it seems like everything's right. been done. Yeah, you say that you've done that. So mm -hmm. Right. If yeah. not by me, by, by somebody else in, in the right. field. So it gets a little tougher. It takes a little longer to come up with something uh, new and fresh. Right. You know, when... You look back on your career, you've obviously done a whole lot right. You know what I mean? There are uh, some huge successes and really well-known projects. If you could say anything to yourself starting out, would you have changed anything? Or do you kind of think that you are where you are because of your experience, because of your failures and successes? Or 
or would you go back in time and be like, hey, don't don't do this thing that you know, stay away from this, you know, make sure that at this time in your life do that. Anything that comes to mind? Well, sometimes I wonder whether I should have done one thing all the way because uh, I'm I'm not not a, a master of of anything mm-hmm. here because. Uh, just, jack of all trades. Yeah, I'm jack of all trades because I, otherwise I get too bored. But I also understand what, what my job is, is, into, is interpreting an idea. What are some things to avoid and, or some things to kind of lean into? Yeah, what you have to do, uh, you have to stay in the mainstream here, but you have to push it uh, and do something that, that hasn't been done before. So it, your work has to be accessible to to most people, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to find the best way to approach whatever medium you're using here that that's going to be the will impress the most people. As, yeah. as far as would I have done anything differently? I don't. I don't think I could have done anything differently. I was lucky that uh, um, I was there, starting what seemed to be, have become a movement of the, the whole. Pushpin style here, which uh, which amazes me, right. uh, because we were just doing what we thought would be best here, um, and um, and gaining that that kind of reputation really is is a happy surprise. Uh, I don't I was n- never very good at business, which is something that uh, sh- <laughs> people starting out should be concerned about. Um, what they're going to be doing financially? Will they be saving for their future? Uh, that sort of thing. They have to be careful about how they, how they spend their money and to find out the best ways to make money while they're doing beautiful work. Don't spend it all on art supplies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> how is that? Uh, you know, to your to your point about you know the pushpin and um, you hear names like Seymour Cross and Milton Glaser and and you know you you think you think about you know like. I think when it comes to mind is like icons, legends, and stuff like that. But but in your in your own life, these were just friends that you worked with and obviously did extraordinary things with. But um, how does it make you feel when when you know like what you did? Your studio is now is now the name of an aesthetic, and people are you've influenced art around the world. What does that feel like? Well, I don't. And- Entirely agree what you, with your saying. <laughs> We're not that big or, or that own. important. Uh, there's some great stuff being done all over. Yeah. Maybe your world. Yes. Um, how does it make me feel? I'm really concerned about the next thing I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's that's where my mind is. Filled what am I ball. doing? Uh, doing doing the next job? Whether. It's something where I'm trying to sell a book idea, a children's book idea, or a grown-up book idea, <laughs> uh, or just fulfilling uh, an assignment. That's that's what I think about. Right. So, I, and I, that's probably why you're so successful. It's because like you just kind of keep moving the ball, so to speak, little by little. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Getting up and and doing that job. Right. Yeah. There's a a great quote. I think it was from Stephen Pressfield's "The War of Art." And, and forgot who it was, but they said that inspiration strikes every day at, at 7 a.m. sitting at the chair. And I thought that was so great because it's yeah. like, 
Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing that's for me that's weird is that for you know, my generation is so focused on being inspired, but then very little in way of execution. It might just be like my own personal experience, but what, what about people that are afraid to kind of put their work out there? Because you kind of just like pushed it out and, and like really made a name for yourself. And that's incredible. But what about people that don't, they don't know if, like what they want to do or, or they don't know if their work will be, be good enough? Or do you, like, do you just have that within you? Did you have it like, I'm just putting it out there and every day I'm just going to come here and every day I'm going to hit it hard and I'm going to play to win? Well, when we were starting, we knew there was illustration was being done. We didn't invent it. Right, yeah. So that you, you continued doing it. Uh, there were, unfortunately, many more outlets, especially magazine illustration, mm-hmm. newspapers. Uh, fewer things are being done in illustration these days, which makes it difficult. Yeah. So you have to find your own outlets yeah. there. Uh, and you've got to keep on working until you get it right and see how people respond to what you do. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of what's going to make you happy and what's going to be, and what makes those people happy who are going to be buying the, the, the services or the... Uh, or whatever that uh, that the client is trying to get across. So, uh, in closing, thank you so much for your time today. This has been amazing. Uh, I want to talk about you know what you're working on right now. If, I'm not sure if you, could, if you could talk about it, but uh, what are some of the projects that you're working on now? And speaking of shipping the work, what are you uh, mm-hmm. most excited about that you're working on? Yeah, I'm working on some children's book ideas, um, and they're they're very different. Uh, and that's what's, what's, what's exciting to me. And, I, and an occasional magazine illustration that I have to do. Nice. Um, whether it's for the New York Times or the New Yorker. Those, yeah. those are terrific places to work with. Are those your favorite places to work with? I've heard you mention them a lot. Like, yeah. obviously, the, yeah. Well, through the years, there have been other venues of different, different areas where I've been able to do some decent work. Yeah. And a lot depends upon where it is and who the art director is, who do I have to work with, and who the, who the client <laughs> certain, is. certain like, lines who's the editors, editor. like certain guys. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, we have to deal with, with people, editors who don't know very much about design or illustration, art directors who do, but have to be, you know, they have, have bosses that way they have to make happy. Right. Um, so those are things that we're all concerned about. Do you like the, because um, I know people like the personal work because it's unrestricted but then I also know that people love to work within work when, when working with the right art, when working with the right art directors and the right leadership or whatever mm-hmm. that they like to work within those confines do you like one more than the other or, or do you like them equally so personal work or working on the right brief well I like uh, and I'm sort of forced to do more work that I generate because I'm getting fewer magazine assignments these days mm-hmm. Uh, so it's coming up with good ideas, basically for, for books yeah. that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been—I know it sounds ridiculous. I understand that you're just a normal guy, but for me, this is like a dream come true. I did not think that I would ever be sitting here talking to you. So I've, uh, I'm really grateful for your time. And uh, where can people find you online? What's the? This is shameless self-promotion time. What's the best place to find you? <laughs> uh, Pushpingroup.com. Uh, Cool.
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always love the, uh, the Seymour Quast archives. I uh, spent a lot of yeah, time there too. So. SeymourQuastArchive.com. Yeah. All right. I'm going to make sure I link everything up. Seymour, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much.